0: now we're recording fun. now we're recording is this what friendship really is
1: well is- we need to get into that guys <laughs> when you were out of the room i asked him how long have you two been friends and what was his what was your answer david
2: Several years, I love Lucas.
1: No, <laughs> like no,
0: a brother. no, no, no. <laughs> I think it was
1: something like, well, friends might be calling going a little far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Exactly. But the That's where we happen. need to start, guys. That's where we need to start. Happen. Lucas, right.
1: how long have you guys been friends?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. I didn't even know we were friends. Um, <laughs> we tolerate each other pretty well, though. <laughs> Introduce yourself.
1: My name is Shasta Nelson, and I am a friendship expert. And so I speak so and cool. write books and teach take kind of all the research on healthy relationships and try to synthesize it for what the impact it can have in our lives. That
0: is pretty cool. So like what got you here? Where did that pathway come from?
1: Mm, You know, it was like over a decade ago when I was, Looking around and I was doing a lot of coaching and a lot of life growth with people and I was asking them, like, who's supporting you in these goals? You know, whether it was usually yeah. career goals or maybe it just their personal lives had just fallen apart. And I was like, who are your friends? Who's supporting you? You know, what are people telling you about this idea to start a business? And I knew that their success depended upon how supported they felt. And yeah. I just kept hearing this repetitive theme of like, well, I don't really talk to people about this, or there's not really anybody I confide in, or I moved, or I went through a divorce and haven't really found, you know, my people again and so i kept hearing this common theme and yet it's so interesting none of them were hiring me for relationship stuff they were all hiring me for all these other big goals in life and yet i you know we our success is tied to how supported we feel our happiness and we can get into the research it is virtually impossible to be happy if we don't feel loved and supported in our lives Um, if we care about physical health if we care about mental health like friendships and relationships are core to everything and yet you look around our culture, and most of us are obsessed with parent-child relationships or romantic relationships, and we just kind of treat friendships, which is the bulk of the relationships in our lives, right. as an afterthought. So, yeah, I kept being like, "Why is nobody talking about this?" And you can only say that so many times. I'm sure that's how you guys got your podcast started. When right. you're just like, "Okay, let's start talking about it." Exactly. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and so I, I mean that really resonates. And and you know, Kent was in just a few minutes ago, and he kind of alluded to the fact that that you know, shop owners as a whole and, and technicians as a whole, we're this giant industry and, and we've got these Facebook groups and we've got these things where we all kind of come together, but it's its a very, very, very small percentage, right? And so a little of my backstory is, is that I kind of felt like I was on an island, mm, right, bet, as yeah, a shop owner. Yeah. I felt like, you know, well, nobody knows how I feel. Yeah. Nobody understands how I feel. And I would talk to people and they just didn't, they didn't have the the data, if you will, yep. right, when yep. we talked, because yep. they just didn't understand what it was that I was going through. Yeah. And so my personal experience with that was I joined a Facebook group, and I realized that other people were going through exactly mm. what mm. I was going through. Mm. Right? And mm-hmm. so it made sense. And then I found this dingus. Is that your official title for this show? Dingus? Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> this it, isn't healthy, is it? <laughs>
1: You can well, you tell both us. Have, you both have smiles on your faces. So, so far, I? so good. <laughs>
2: but I'm broken inside. I'm sad. After this, I go and cry.
1: <laughs> this is going to be a long podcast. I have a lot to say to you guys. See? <laughs> no, but I so, I'm so glad you're presencing that because... When we use the word lonely, most of us don't identify with that word. Very few of us are walking around just being like, "Oh, I'm so lonely," because we're, it's easy to be yeah. like, "I have friends, I have, I know people, I could call so and so if I really needed them," and yet what you're describing is an aspect of loneliness. It's where we don't feel like we have anyone to confide in, or that no one really gets us, or that we don't really have any support in this certain area of life. And so it's really important. I mean, I'm. I could be a total data nerd here, but it's like if we feel disconnected and we don't take that seriously, it's it's like when we feel lonely or that desire to be more connected, right. that's the same thing as our body sending us a message that we're hungry and we need food. And just being hungry isn't fatal, but it's fatal if you don't get the need met. And similarly, the research is just so... Oh so huge I mean another massive study just came out last week like for for longevity for health like you have to feel supported and connected and so that that inkling you had where you were like ah, I don't I feel like I'm on an island right. that's a really great phrase to share it's a great thing for all of us to say more of us feel that than not. It's normal, unfortunately, but let's do something about it. And like I love that you've then used that to be like, okay, I'm hungry. Let's go make let's go make some food. It,
0: exactly. And I, I think that that all too often, right, we're we're big brass shop owners, hmm. right? And we're we're not supposed to feel mm-hmm. any sort of way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you just go to work and I fix the cars and I go home. Yeah. Right. And and so like, you know, our friendship, uh, he'll he'll call me and be like, dude. They scratched a hood on a car today, mm, and mm, it sucks because, mm. like you know, that business is your baby. Yeah. You care about that yeah. business. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It sucks when something bad happens. Yeah, and so he calls and he says that, and I'm like, yeah, man, I know. They mm. they just yesterday they just put a part on a car that was supposed to fix the noise and it didn't fix the noise for the second day in oh. a row. And and in the same respect, it was somebody who had just said, "I am so happy that I can come here and I don't have to come multiple times to get something mm. fixed." So I'm like, and you're oh, like,
1: oh. That sucks. <laughs>
0: You know, and so I, I think that, that that opportunity to voice that, that opportunity yeah. to share that, and and in such a sense that you don't have to worry about somebody being like, you know, judgier. I mean, yeah, I, I take that all back. <laughs> is this a more of a? Uh, is this
2: more of a modern problem? You think?
1: No, I. I mean, it's really interesting. If you look back through history, like, the, you know, hundreds of years ago, men were the ones who were the only ones could be trusted to have friendships. They were the only ones that had the time, the spaciousness, that could leave the house, had the means to go hang out. Women weren't doing that. It was kind of like... And then it's really interesting to watch over the years... Um, you know now it's I've had to work really hard at saying this is not a women's issue. we've kind of treated friendship like women need it more than men and um, but I feel like we really have not ever been in a place where just all of us are saying this is a human need that needs to be taken seriously and it's worth prioritizing it's worth planning our lives around it's worth bringing to our shops it's worth making sure that we are making this happen in our lives i I don't think it's a modern problem. I think it's a modern realization that we're naming better. Um, You know, there are some statistics that show over the decades it's getting worse. Um, So for sure, social media is contributing to that. Moving, we're moving more frequently. Our mental health is uh, getting poorer, so we show up a little bit differently. Um, You know, we used to have a lot more, like we, a lot higher church attendance or bowling league involvement or being a part of the elk group or you know so a lot more community organization
2: lucas and i have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems and now they've just launched a new referral program all you have to do is open your parts tech account go to my shop and click on the rewards tab There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, PartsTech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using PartsTech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using PartsTech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast.
0: Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with PartsTech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware, with unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience. Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started.
1: And so certainly there are things that are kind of our structures are changing. And so there are See, that's elements. What, yeah. I'm
2: looking at it like that. Like, yeah. there, was a, there was a bigger sense of community years ago. That on I think we've level. lost. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: on some level. And but on the other hand, like what you're talking about, um, Lucas, where you're talking about like being able to call each other, um, that's vulnerability. And we haven't always been known doing that as a culture very well. So relation, you know, you look at a generation or two above us, and they weren't really sharing their lives with each other. So they were doing barbecues or getting together an event. Um, So there is, there's different levels, I think is what we're saying of community. There's like um, social gatherings. It's belonging to your neighborhood. It's belonging to your association. It's feeling like your shop has a community feel that they can come in and you have relationships with them. And that's different than having somebody that you can confide in and go to. And so we need both and we need all.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, and I can see that, right? Like, I I mean, you know, the, the, for instance, you go and you look at my dad, my dad is less willing to share totally. when something doesn't go the way he expected it to go. Totally, He just says, I've got it. Don't worry about it. It's fine.
1: Yeah. And I just want to apologize to all the men in the world. We have done a horrible job as a culture, encouraging men to do friendships, modeling it, giving permission to it, telling you it's normal and healthy to need. And so we have a lot of men who uh, the only Really intimate relationships in their lives are usually with a romantic partner. I think that contributes to why, after death and divorce, men notoriously tend to get married sooner than women. Right. And I think it's because the only place we've allowed you collectively to have vulnerability and intimacy and close friendships is in romantic relationships with other women often. And so, We really need to change that because it's, it's hurting your life collectively, not you guys specifically, but yeah, just, it's a big, we haven't modeled it to men, to your father, but even that generation just entirely, we've got to keep doing better.
0: So when we, when we talk about the numbers, Mm -hmm. you've brought up the statistics Mm -hmm. a few times. Mm -hmm. We're number nerds. Hold on, hold on.
1: Okay, we can do it. Hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are really mean to each other. I say some awful things to him because because it's
1: funny okay and we we,
2: that's our that's our thing i've never had a uh a male friend that like i say things to you that i wouldn't say to my wife i consider my wife my best friend right Mm -hmm. yeah and you know part of it is like you spend a lot of time with her right but i like there's certain things i just don't say to her but i'll say them to him Mm -hmm. all day long Mm -hmm. i have no problem with Mm -hmm. it and um, but I see the shift though in that I talk to a lot of guys, mm-hmm. men.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I say that loosely, and they <laughs> they <laughs> they want to be vulnerable. Yes, and they want to make a connection. Yes,
1: the need is there. But
2: but the the approach they take. Yes, is very feminine. Tell me more. I, I don't know how other, how other way to say it. They 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 approach it in a very sensitive manner, like, "Hey, I'm being really vulnerable with you. Let's share it. Let's hug this out. Let's cry it out." And like you know, he gets into situations. So do I. And you know, we're we're sharing some some heavy things. Yeah, they're heavy. But you know, like we crack jokes about it mm-hmm. and we say horrible things to each other. Yeah. Like, you know, I made that comment about that singer and you know, he's like, you do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know you don't, I don't want to say it cause you know, it'll. it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible really- <laughs> thing. But like we said something like it was, it was, it was messed up. I couldn't. Uh, in, in, the, a, in the
0: droves of depression of owning a repair shop. You know it. No, it's not. It's not even that. It's
2: just it's that 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 kind of um, banter. Yeah. Okay.
1: You're more comfortable with
2: it because we're friends, right? Mm-hmm. But even if we're not friends, I I find myself having to um, not shy, have to shy away from making a connection with another man. But I have to be very careful of how I approach it. Going in my mind, and maybe this is just all wrong, and that's what I'm asking. I you, appreciate is, you voicing is, it, yeah. It is, I find it that it's not particularly masculine to not be able to cut up about it. You see what I'm saying? And it's it's almost, I don't, I don't know. For example, that comment Rick made to uh, to your friend there that was Overly insensitive, but, but the rela- the relationship almost almost wasn't there, and I think once you get to a point in a certain relationship, you know what line not to cross. Yeah, I'm not saying there's no line. There's always lines you can't cross, but I'm just saying like sometimes
0: I don't know. It just the the, the I find inception of the relationship, the start of the relationship is hard to find. It's a- even it's not
2: even that. It's like even if you make a good connection, I just I find that they. They're overly soft. Well, but I mean, here's
0: the thing. I don't know how how else to
1: I understand what you're saying. Well,
0: here's, here's the way I see that though is like, so when I joined this Facebook group, right. I went in and asked a question, a bunch of people just absolutely tore me apart. Right. Because it was a stupid question and David comes in. He's like, Hey, listen, don't listen to those people. They're stupid. I'll help you just ignore it. Right. Because he saw that it affected, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to engage in the group anymore. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Um, when that's, that's online, though. And well, I, I, think I understand. People say horrible things
2: online yes. to each other that they wouldn't say in person. I'm saying that those horrible things people say
0: online, I say to your face. <laughs> I was <Yeah>.
1: say. <laughs> Well,
0: and I, I appreciate that. But, I mean, my point is, is that, that, like, there's people that I feel comfortable being like that with. Kent can walk through the door. And I, I've not known Kent, but maybe like in person a year, year and a half, something like that. And I feel comfortable having those deep conversations with Kent because he's one of those people that you can have that conversation with. Yeah. I, have, I felt comfortable having those conversations with David. There's people that I have, I feel comfortable having conversations with. And then there's some people that I don't know if I feel they're closed off. Or I don't know if they're afraid or anxious to have the conversation, but I just don't feel like I could say that to them. Yep. Right. And I, I will practice being like vulnerable with people and sharing. And I practice on the show. Yeah, of saying like, "Hey, I feel this way yeah, about this, right?" Powerful. Because that's I don't good. like I feel better when I do that. Totally. I, long story short, and I, uh, the, all the listeners know this. I, I had an anxiety disorder. I went through, and I learned that the reason that I developed such a, a terrible anxiety was is that I kept like hiding it. Yes. And so I was putting yes. it back, and I yes. never faced it, and I never dealt yes. with it. So the fears got bigger and yes. bigger and bigger. The yes. frustrations got bigger. Yep. So I have learned, like, hey, just say how you feel. Just yep. put it out there. Yep. There are some people I don't feel comfortable doing that with. What's the difference?
1: Yep. Okay. So so much stuff going on here, and I love it all. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so so one of the – David, this goes back to my original apology of, like, we have not modeled healthy men's friendships in this culture very well at all. And so it's going to feel unfamiliar. It's going to feel weird to some of us. It's going to feel like, is this how we do it? One of the really powerful research studies, Nairobi Wade, wrote a book. Uh, studying friendship with little boys and little girls. And we did friendship almost exactly the same. Little boys will say, oh, he's my best friend. I love him. And they'll hug each other and they'll feel really, really close. And then something happens around puberty, usually like where it's not cool to be a girl. And so like sexism is hurting girls, but it's also hurting boys. Because around puberty, boys are starting to now, we hit each other and we slap each other and we joke around and we make fun of each other in the locker room. And so uh, we start seeing them do friendship differently. We also see the suicide rate go up. We also see boys starting to stuff their feelings and get more anxiety stuff. And so I wouldn't say that what's normal for boys and men's friendship is what we want to list as our... best practices. I think what we want to name is that what we want are healthy relationships for everybody, that being close is a human need. And you know how to do this. You build it with with your wife, who you said is your best friend. You don't make fun of her probably the same way you make fun of Lucas. You're capable of having a more intimate relationship, I'm guessing, without having to Make fun of her or hurt her feelings, or you know. So, so I you're think capable. That's probably of Probably
0: because she's meaner than he is. <laughs> I know. If I said the things we said, my wife she would can just be meaner. <laughs> she's not in general. <laughs> my meaner. wife would just bury me, right? Like I would vanish. <laughs> I wouldn't exist anymore.
1: That's, that's I, good. I good, guess good it, wife. it's not.
2: It's it's not even that. It's just like you you have. I think a lot of I have found me personally. There are a lot of guys that do want to make the connection but i find that i have to i have to filter that interaction mm-hmm. and i have to test it out and see can we make a good connection here in that i can be how i am and you can be how you are or am i going to be constantly worried about hurting your feelings totally totally and and it's not it's not that that I, I can't be that way with my wife. I can be. It's just that, you know, at, at the same time, it's like, I know if I say this, I'm going to hurt her feelings. I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'm just not going to say it. Or I don't, I mean, there's certain things I don't say to him because it's like, it, am I trying to be funny or am I trying to hurt you? Yeah. So yeah. you you do filter yourself. I'm not yes. saying that you just say whatever the hell you yeah. want to say to that person. But I, I find that now, especially younger I'm I'm 42, so I'm talking about like mid 20s, even early 30s. You have to be really careful how you approach the conversation with that person. Yes, with, with other men in particular.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of new territory for a lot of men, and for women too. And I mean, I, what I can talk about maybe would be helpful is for us to talk about what makes a healthy relationship and how they're developed, because that might help give some framework to all of us as we're kind of thinking through those relationships. So what I hear you saying is get, there's nothing wrong with you saying, I love a friendship where we can joke around and kid around and I feel comfortable doing that. And that is a great quality to relationships. So there's three requirements when we look at all the social studies around what bonds us to each other, there's three things that always have to be present. So you have never had a healthy relationship without these three things. And conversely, anybody you feel close to, it's because you had these three things present. Um, we can use different words for the three things, but basically the three things are positive emotions, consistent time and vulnerability. And so positive emotions, I draw it out on a triangle and I put positivity on the bottom of the triangle as the foundation. So one of your ways of loving positivity is like being able to joke around, being able to laugh, being able to feel like we're Not taking ourselves too seriously. Other forms of positive emotions is feeling, do I, do I leave this person's presence feeling more hopeful? Do I feel proud when I'm with them? Do we, do we feel inspired? Do we laugh together? Do we do acts of service for each other? Do we support each other? Do they show empathy? Do there's like a thousand positive emotions that we all want to feel? And at the foundation, if we aren't getting five five positive emotions for every negative emotion in a relationship, we aren't going to keep gravitating to it. So it's okay for you to say my forms of positivity are these, like, you know, all of us, I tend to be somebody who affirms really easily. It's fun for me to compliment. I love finding that that comes naturally to me. I'm naturally a grateful person. Like I'm going to have certain tools that I go to, to help increase the positive emotions in my relationships. You have yours that you will often rely on. And all of us need to do, make sure we have many tools in the tool chest to say, My number one job description in a friendship or any relationship is how am I adding value to this person's life? How am I making sure that they leave my presence feeling more loved, more accepted, more liked? And so if you guys have figured out how to do that with each other, that's awesome. And I think other people would have different ways of doing it. And so, you know, we're going to gravitate to people who we might enjoy their way of doing it. But at the end of the day, we have to feel, um, positive emotions in our relationships or we aren't going to keep going to them.
0: Well, and, and so, you know, you bring up something that's, that's interesting to me because at the end of the day, you know, we talk about in the automotive business that you don't know what you don't know.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Right. And so it almost seems like until you start to flush out this concept of friendship, and begin to understand what is friendship and how does friendship work mm-hmm. that you may not have all the tools that you need totally. to fully engage this and understand. And you may not, you know, I, I think friendship is one of those things that often is is, I, I don't want to use the term silent killer, right? you don't realize you don't have it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't
0: realize, you know, like our friendship and the friendship that I've built in the industry, I didn't realize I didn't have that. I didn't realize that that was something that was missing from my life.
1: We just think, okay. I know people, or I'm around people all day, or I'm actually exactly. tired of being around people. And we then make right. the wrong assumption that I've right. actually peopled out, so therefore I can't be lonely. And, the, and so <laughs> you can be an owner and be around people all day long, serving, making sure they're taken care of and come home still very lonely and nobody knows you.
0: Absolutely. You, you've poured your cup out, but you've yeah. never refilled yeah. your cup. Yeah. So how do, how do we go about that then? right if we don't know how friendship works yep. like what i mean how do we begin to understand and and realize when we're forming friendships because i mean i think if it's just like you know we talked about my anxiety it took recognition yes, yes, of it yes. first to yep. be able to understand it and do something about yep. it
1: and that's why i'm so glad you're talking about this am i your first friendship person on your podcast yeah. <laughs> i yes. love that you're doing this because it's so Prevalent right now. And so when we talk everything we're talking about in friendship is true for our teams. It's true for our technicians. It's true for the people who are coming to work for us and with us. Uh, we want positive emotions. Like at the end of the day, I want to enjoy being at the shop. I want to yeah. enjoy, I want to feel good about what I'm doing. I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel like we have a chance to be proud of ourselves and that we feel celebrated and that we have a chance to laugh together. And so I think it's like we want to look and ask ourselves: uh, what are we doing to help bring positive emotions? And I love reverse engineering it. I love saying, you know what, I feel like the morale is kind of low, or I feel like we need, everyone's kind of feels like they need more hope. And so then you can be like, what would leave everyone feeling more hopeful? And you can start thinking of actions and questions and things that you can do to kind of add to that. But just having a good time isn't enough for a meaningful friendship. And so the other two sides of the triangle are consistent time and vulnerability consistent time is why we bond with people at work work is the number one place we make friends as adults it is only because it's where we're consistent it's not because we like these people better than anybody else we've ever met and if we had a lineup of options we probably wouldn't pick these people but we see them regularly and so therefore that's the only place in our lives a lot of us are that consistent it's the closest thing we had to why friendship felt easier when we were kids it wasn't that it was easier it was that we had consistency built in for us and with any relationship outside of work that we want to build this becomes the hardest one we actually have to build consistency which right. means seeing them regularly inviting them participating and getting in you know, getting momentum going which is really the hard thing for a lot of us if we don't prioritize our life around this and then the third requirement so men's relationships we've often taught to be positive and consistent so go have a good time get, see each other at the games hang out at the bar go do the sport together like see each other regularly and enjoy yourself But for lack of the third requirement, a lot of those relationships don't feel meaningful, and that third requirement is vulnerability. And that's where we have to keep practicing that. Women, too. Sometimes women are and I'm so stereotyping here, I see a lot of women overshare. They just think that if we're just really vulnerable, we can just like build a really meaningful relationship. Um, Sometimes we haven't been as practiced as men in doing that, and so all of us have to learn how to do that incrementally. And so if you just imagine a little triangle, it always has to have the foundation of positive emotions, and then every relationship starts at the bottom of the triangle with a little bit of consistency. We don't know each other that well yet, and our vulnerability should match that. We should just have a little bit of vulnerability. Just think about it as one step up. I'm just sharing a little bit about who I am. And then as we get to know each other better and spend more time and make more memories and log more hours and build more history, so too should our vulnerability go up. And so some of us need to do a check and be like, do I tend to try to rush that vulnerability too fast? Or some of us are like, do I hold back and and I'm stopping the process by not being more vulnerable? And so all of us, like I can go back to the statement at the beginning, I can guarantee that you can bond with anybody. You can bond any team. You can build any relationship if you have these three things in place.
0: Right. Well, and, and, you know, so I guess my next question is, you know, for instance, with, with I'll, I'll use my wife as an example is, is that there were times in our relationship that she didn't feel like her needs as far as friendship were met. Yeah. Right. But I felt like I was doing a good job. And then we had the the discussion about the love languages, right? Nice. And and we've talked about that in the past, and mm-hmm. and it took some time for me to realize I don't naturally gravitate to to her love language. Yeah, yeah. I gravitate to my love language. Yep and so hers are like word of affirmations and, and, um, gifting. Yep. Right. And so I don't automatically do that. Yeah. So I think like, Hey, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. How do we learn that about other people though? Yeah. Like how do you,
1: all my girlfriends, I know all of theirs and they know mine. (laughs) And that's a great question to just be like, you know, we've been friends for a couple of years and I would just love to know, like, what are the things that I've done that have left you feeling the most supported? You know, like I want to support you. And like, what are the things and let them list off some of the things. Like when you did this when you called me and you start realizing it's just the little phone calls that mean more to this person than the fact that I showed up at their kid's birthday party excuse me so yeah, it's like asking the questions. I think it's awesome to say I just listened to this podcast on the love languages. Do, do you know what yours is? I mean, right. I think those are great questions. That's 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 an example of increasing vulnerability. So I wouldn't do that like when I'm just getting to know somebody. Of course. But as we yeah. build the friendship, I want to know who my friends are. I want to know how to love them well. I want to know how to
2: maybe we need to normalize them. Yeah. Don't creep out people and like, <laughs> here's my love language. What's yours? And then just give them crazy eyes. Is that what you do? <laughs> Is that how you found I tried out? to do that with my staff. <laughs> they they're like, What? Like and I need doesn't... to know your love language here. <laughs> Go
0: take the test. Go take the test.
1: Well, it's a great, great team-building activity. Anything it is perso- a great team-building activity. Anything personality-based or strength-based or how we are different is good because we honor each other. We So the definition of a healthy friendship is any relationship where we both feel seen in a safe and satisfying way. We feel seen when we can practice vulnerability. It feels safe when we have consistency. We've built history. And we feel satisfied when we end up feeling good for having shared. So what's most important about this triangle is you have to keep doing these three things. None of us want to be vulnerable and then feel judged. None of us want to be vulnerable and then feel like it's just like, next, and just go to the next person. Like We want to feel vulnerable only if we're going to be accepted and seen. And so that positive right. emotion has to be the response back. We have to say, thank you for sharing that. Like I love knowing that about you. And then we want to keep repeating that process. And like so it's interesting. You were talking about making fun of each other and, and joking around. I come from a family where our love language has been sarcasm. I married my husband, who's that is not his love language, and it hurts him. <laughs> <coughs> so i've had to like learn over the years that like when I'm with my sisters, you know, it's like my husband will watch and he's like, you guys are so mean to each other. And I'm like, I guess it is kind of like that. But I think it's important for us to realize that we need to know who we need. We want to love the people around us. Well, we want to take care of our teams. We need to know are, is the joking around hurting or is it helping, you know, and what yeah. does that look like? Cause it's our responsibility to make sure that we're leaving people feeling good. That's the, that is the key thing. If people leave feeling our customers, this is true for our customers. If they leave feeling seen and liked. They will want right. to come back. They, the same three things are true for every person who brings their car in. I mean, this is the same thing as people gravitate to the places where they felt good and where they felt seen and where they felt noticed. And the more we can do that, the more they will keep coming back.
0: Well, and and you know, for years I always quoted that Zig Ziglar quote: "Like you'll get to your you'll get your best life by helping enough other people get their best life." Right. Beautiful. And now I'm kind of starting to wonder, like. I, am I imposing what I think my best life is on everybody else? It <laughs> like, requires
1: vulnerability to ask them what their best life is, right? right. Like, what, I, what are your goals with this, with this work, with this I, job? I started you know?
2: this whole podcast asking about overly sensitive men, and it turns out what? it's just I'm an asshole, I guess.
0: No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, no. I think everybody
2: that listens already knew that. I'm just uh, I think I'm surrounding myself with with people that want positive affirmation, words of affirmation. That's a love mm-hmm. language, right? They want words of affirmation.
0: I don't do that.
1: But why? You could. You can you can still be it your It feels meaningless. You can still be your joking self and be affirming. T-
0: uh, tell her Listen. the bar- Tell her the birthday
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I I hate happy birthdays. It was the most meaningless words in the history of And not only that, not only that, I'm going to end up like making everybody feel bad. I go through he says on with my a smile Facebook. On his face. I, I just. That's <laughs> 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 what makes him happy, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. You did not see. Look what you just did there. You just called me an asshole. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just calling it for what it is. I'm, I'm just saying it is, it is so meaningless, I think, to just say happy birthday. What makes it 10 times worse is doing it on Facebook. I agree with you. Because you did not remember that, that person's birthday. That doesn't
1: make us an asshole. I agree with you. I think that
2: it's- you did not remember that person's <laughs> birthday. Facebook prompted you because you put in your birthday. You shouldn't do that, by the way. But if you did, Facebook prompted you and said, hey, it's Lucas's birthday today. And so, of course, they're like, okay, happy birthday. And not, not no, no, hold on. Facebook <laughs> fills that in for you. So what mm-hmm. all you all you have to do is click send. That's it. That's it. And then and then always everybody always has to make the obligatory thank you for the first birthday wishes and blah blah blah. Listen, listen. <laughs> Nobody remembered your birthday. You are sharing a birthday with about 400 million other people. It's not that special of a day.
1: Okay, so on the scale of super meaningful and super unmeaningful, I'm with you. That's not super meaningful, but it is something. And so at least is that
2: what we're shooting for? We're shooting no, for something but now. But those
1: people that like the people who are doing that, those aren't the people you're shooting for meaningful with necessarily. All of them. Right. No, no, no. So these are these levels. are people these that are are like levels. they
2: take the time to like See, type they out they take and have the time. a time. okay to
0: type out. <laughs> ha, I hope you had a great day. Okay, thanks. Uh, you know we've, we've, we we <laughs> we. I thought, you know, I know nothing about mental health, okay? But I thought that some exposure therapy would be good for David. So I went and I don't told know what everyone means. we knew to just go and post on his Facebook profile <laughs> how much they appreciated him.
1: Sounds like it went over well.
0: It went but like enough. oh it was beautiful. It was I mean, awful. It, it was totally and Here's they loved the thing. He, he here's <laughs> the thing.
2: I, I just I I understand everything you're saying makes hundred percent perfect sense. I just I like well, how did we get to the birthday thing? I honestly can't remember. Now. It's like a words of our, affirmation. Our, our idea of connection has been dumbed down to now hitting send to send to I push a happy so birthday. why
1: i view social media i don't want to get this off track but it's like when you heart somebody or reply or like and all that kind of stuff it's like giving eye contact to somebody while you're talking to them it's like i saw you i noticed you it's minimal it's not like some big meaningful conversation but it's meaningful and it's better than nothing and so i, I like we can you know that's i always view that like a big town square like we're all in this big crowd together in this huge room and we're there interacting and we can have a few meaningful conversations and with other people we might just wait across the room. If somebody says, if somebody sings happy birthday, I'm like, oh, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, David. Like it's, it's a nice gesture at mess, but yeah, for sure. We want more meaningful. We're going for more meaningful than that. And here's the, here's the thing is that for all of us Our relationships are subjective. So uh, research shows that most of us are happiest with three to five close friends. Most of us have zero or one. Most of us need a few more close friends. Like So when we build that triangle, every relationship starts at the bottom of the triangle. And I talk about all of this in the business of friendship, which is how to make relationships in the workplace. But every relationship starts at the bottom and moves up as we practice these three requirements. And so our bestest, bestest, bestest friends at the top of the triangle, the people we practice the highest level of vulnerability that have the most history and consistency with most patterns, the most memories together, and the most positive emotions. Like we can express our love for each other. We can be at each other's big events. We can do the big gifts. We can do the big gestures. Um, and most of us don't have people at the top of the triangle. I am doing so much work and, and, and touring around the country. And it's really interesting that for most of us, our loneliness is not com- because we don't know enough people. It's because we don't feel known by a few. And so it's not my job to tell you what you need. It's your job to say, do I feel as loved and supported and connected as I want to feel. Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10 with 10 being the most fulfilled, I feel like I've got the right quality of relationships, the right quantity of relationships. I feel like I've got people who support me in my work, people who, you know, do my faith with me, people in my neighborhood, whatever that looks like for you. I've got people I can confide in. I have more than one. Like if something if that person's busy, I've got other people. I'm not resentful that they're Uh, you know, tied up this season. And so it's all of our job to look and say, okay, no, I have hunger for a little bit more and then figure out how to deepen it.
0: Well, so, you know, and, and you talk about in the, the workplace, in Mm -hmm. the business, right? Mm -hmm. What do you say to the shop owner who says, Hey, I I try not to be friends with my staff. I try not to connect with my staff. I, I have a really hard time not doing totally. that, right? Like, I really care about my staff. They're part of my family. And, and we have had owners, when we've said that on the podcast, who will get on and comment In a thread and say, I can't believe you would say that you'll destroy your business. That's terrible. You don't want to be friends with them. You're going to get too connected to them. What, I mean, does
1: not back them up. It does not back them up. Gallup has been doing this research for two decades. The people who have best friends at work are the people who are seven times more engaged in their job. If you care about retention if you care about engagement, if you care about fewer workplace accidents, if you care about inventory not being stolen, if you care about problem solving, if you care about any of the things that you think are your bottom line, then at the bottom of all of that is relationships. If you care about the mental health of your employees, they need to feel supported and liked. And so we can talk about um, different levels of friendship and we can talk about, um, you don't have to be the person who's confiding and coming and just sitting there and telling them your whole life at the shop, but we absolutely have to walk away from our work every day saying, do I feel accepted there? Do I feel liked? Do I enjoy the people I work with? Do I feel safe? Do I feel like I can come admit that I scratched the hood and that I'll be forgiven and that I'll be, that it'll be worked out. Do I feel like I can show up and tell the, tell the other, tell the team that like, here's our numbers this month. Like this isn't like, we need to know that we have safety and that we have each other's backs. And so we absolutely are doing more damage Pretending we shouldn't be friends when all the research, (laughs) and there's so much more piling on lately, all the research says that the better relationships we have with each other, the better our business is going to be, without doubt.
2: So what's causing the loneliness? You're saying it's zero to one. What's causing it?
1: I Well, I have so many theories on that. A big one is I don't think we prioritize it. I don't think we plan our lives around it. I think we've set up a culture where work is the be-all, end-all. We spend so many hours at work, and then we've also created a culture that says don't be friends at work. Uh, It'd be the same as if we sent our kids to school and we're like... Okay, you're going to go to school today, but remember, you are there to learn. You are there just to learn, so don't yeah. talk to people, don't get caught up in all that drama. Like it's 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 going to be ineffective. Like we don't tell our kids like you're just there to learn, so just ignore everybody else. We know that they're better off the more connected they are, the more yeah. they have friends. We know that they learn better when they feel like they have friends in class. And yet, why do we do that to each other at work? And so we've believed this big crazy lie, and really the better relationships we build Uh, the healthier conversations we can have. So yeah, will conflict come up? Absolutely. And so we need to be better friends. We need to train how to do relationships better for us to be able to... It'd be like saying... If you're, par- if you're a married couple, that you shouldn't become parents because the two have like different roles and that you have to wear different hats. And like, so we shouldn't do that because it's harder. Well, of course it's harder, but you can do it <laughs> and it can right. actually bond you to each other. So yeah, we can be their boss and their friend. We are capable of this. And yeah, well, we have to have hard conversations. Absolutely. But the more relationship we have with each other, the stronger and more capable we'll be by just avoiding it or dismissing it or pretending we're not friends. Uh, really hurts morale so if we want to like attract people to your shops and keep them there we know every single one of us knows we can have the dream job and if we come home unhappy or not liked we will hate being there and we know the converse is true we will not want to go work at a different shop across town if we love our team if we love the people we're hanging out with
0: so you know this this to me resonates with what you know Jeff and and Brian and all of them had been talking about, you know, we had an episode the other night where where they were talking about this. And they were talking about the fact that they didn't feel like the owner had their best interest in yeah, mind. Yeah, right? Dangerous. And so, you know, I look at it and I see the things that the owner did in one of these situations and I'm like, dude, he's he's doing a lot of things for you. He's trying to help you. Mm-hmm. He's but but they don't talk. Yeah. And so is that part of this technician shortage? And, and how do we bring it back from where we are now? Because there's a lot of techs who hate the owners, who hate the service advisors. There's a complete divide. Yeah. How do you fix that now that it's set up? Because it, it's almost like you go and you read in these groups, the techs are like, I hate the owners, the owners suck, Ugh. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, they're against the service advisors too. Yep. How do we fix it yeah. though? Yeah. I mean, what, is there a process for fixing it?
1: Well, I mean, the short answer is with every relationship in our lives, we can look at that triangle. And I just keep saying that because it's easier, easier to remember it visually and say, which of these three things is lacking the most in this relationship, on this team, in this shop, in, in this marriage? We can do this with anything. Uh, so we can score ourselves. I have a team, a team assessment score that I go come in and do with teams and with companies and organizations where everybody on the team answers 10 questions in each of those three areas, and we get a score. But we might even be able to just kind of guess ourselves or, or uh, you know, kind of think through this on our, on our team. So positive emotions, we have to have five positive emotions for every negative emotion. So that means the more stress that's going on, the more disappointment, the more we're all covering extra hours, the more we feel like we're mm-hmm. failing, all the stuff. We have to overcome that with more positive emotions. So our only two tasks there as owners is to say, how can I decrease the negative emotions and or how can I increase the positive emotions? And so we have to solve that one. With most companies, this is the bottom one. Uh, we're getting consistency. We can always improve that, but we're seeing yeah. each other. And the vulnerability we can, you know, that one actually scores the highest on a lot, most really? teams. Like I went into, I, like, I know that. I went into researching all the companies Companies thinking that the vulnerability, because that's the one that everyone's always like, well, we don't want vulnerability in the workplace. But when you actually look at like problem solving and creativity and admitting when I don't know something, like these are appropriate levels of vulnerability that we have. But positive emotion is usually at the crux of most dysfunctional teams and relationships. If we enjoy being together, we will, like if we enjoy our time, we will want consistency and we will feel safer being vulnerable. But if we don't have positive emotions, we're not gonna wanna do the other two. So I think in a situation like this, that the question is, make a list of all the positive emotions you want your people feeling, and ask yourself, what can I be doing to help do this? You can even ask them. You can say, let's go around the circle, and uh, you know, today, and just each share one thing that. What is one thing that helps you feel hopeful during these discouraging times? What's one thing we could do to have more fun here? You know, you can. You yeah. don't have to be the problem solver. You don't have to know. You have to show that you care about this and be trying to pull the levers to help them feel liked, accepted. Loved, enjoyable, like any pleasant emotion you want them feeling way more pleasant emotions while they're there.
0: You know that really comes back to something that we always talk about that toxic person in the shop. Mm, yeah one one toxic person yep. can it, totally. I've been through that recently. Can you salvage it if you have somebody? Toxic? Absolutely.
1: You know what? One company just hired me last year. They were getting ready. There was a top salesperson, so they've been tolerating this person because, and, and I'm sure the technicians same. Like you tolerate them because you need them. Um, and they actually said before we fire this person, we told them we we're going to fire them. Would you work with them? And I said absolutely. I have a theory, and this is so far founded, pretty true. I haven't done massive research on it. Most toxic people, like with this person, I just ended up asking. I ended up asking her, "Do you feel like?" do you feel liked on your team? Do you feel liked at work? And they were like, no. Mm -hmm. And I was like, would you like to, like, if you could choose, would you prefer to feel good at work and feel like people like you? And she's like, well, yeah, but you know, and then she has her reasons. And I was like, if you're willing to, and if you want to, I will help you. And, you know, it comes down to people. All of us have our defense mechanisms and we all kind of can be snarky and toxic and our behaviors. So I try to say the person isn't toxic. Their behaviors are toxic, and we can change those behaviors if they're willing to. And so, if we can make it a safe place for them to do that. But most people who most hurt people, people who are hurting people, are hurting people. So uh, if if we can look at them with a little bit more compassion and be like, "What would it look like for them to feel more accepted, more liked?" Um, Because otherwise, it becomes a really vicious cycle where they we're ostracizing them, they feel ostracized, and they have their behaviors, and we remove ourselves, and so. We need to do this better. Yeah. But you're right. One person can hurt the whole team.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we experienced that to the T.
1: Yeah. Owners you know? have to take care of that because the other employees can't do it. They don't, we don't feel empowered by the other people to manage that. An owner needs to take responsibility for sitting down with that person and being, and naming that and saying, what do we need to do to make this a better environment for you?
2: What, what do you tell a shop owner who thinks that this is too woo woo? Because, you know, that person came in, it's like, look, I just showed up and I did my job. And I'm expecting them to just show up and do their jobs. Like we're not here to be friends. I'm paying you to be here every single day, money, show up and just, just do your job.
1: You know what, some of the, so many big studies this last couple of years, one of them came out and it said, uh, like, well, several of them, um, like money salary was number eight on the list. Like when we, when we're applying, (laughs) we actually think that's like the most, we're always asking about the perks and the pay and time off and all that kind of stuff. When we're in a job what makes the biggest difference to our job satisfaction is who we work with that continues to score. Number one, number eight is money. So like, let's just recognize that. Yeah, we want them to feel purposeful. We want them to feel appreciated, but they need to like who they work with. And if they don't, that eats away at them, who we work with impacts our future health more than our doctor. (laughs) Like we need to, this is, they're impacting us for better, for worse. There's studies that just came out in the last couple of weeks. I was seeing like who we, who were around either, repairs, like they can see on a cellular level now that we, we, our genes change based upon our relationships. Our genes are repairing themselves when we feel safe and supported. When we don't, it actually begins to create inflammation in our body. I mean, we are so impacted. So like we can go down the stats road. I mean, 61% of us are lonely at work. So that's a lot of us, and different industries have different numbers. But more, you can assume that most of the people in your shop are lonely. In a male-dominated industry, you can assume that even more. Uh, we know that they only have a 70% chance of being th- that you have. 70% of our happiness comes down to our relationships. If we, if they do not feel loved and supported at home or at work, their chance of being happy is like almost virtually impossible. That affects their customer service. That affects their job. That mm-hmm. affects their ability yeah. to come in and Definitely. problem solve. They're Absolutely. in like they're in protection mode instead of like let's make this, this problem-solving mode. Um, when it comes to health, it, if we feel disconnected, if somebody on our team feels disconnected. It's more damaging to our health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's twice as harmful as being obese. It's worse than not exercising. It's worse than uh, being a lifelong alcoholic. And so if you care about the physical health of your team, you want them showing up at work, you want them healthy enough to do their job, you need to care about their relationships. And it's not enough to say, well, let them do it on their own time. When is that? (laughs) When is their own time? They come home and they have a couple hours to be with spouses and kids and responsibilities and maybe if they want to work out and maybe if they want to read and maybe if they want sleep and have a meal and then they're back to it and they're coming if we come home tired and lonely the chances are almost impossible for us to make that up in our off hours if we aren't getting it when we where we spend our time
0: and and you know what i've found is is that because i spend so much time at work by the time i go home it's so stressful right we're dealing with the stressful stuff yeah yeah right because that's such a a small piece of the pie means that the stressful stuff takes more of that time up yep so the ratios off
1: yep And here's the good thing is that if we are getting our social needs met at work, we also go home with more energy to do it at home. If we come home lonely and discouraged and depressed, we have less energy for our relationships outside of work too. So the two feed off of each other. So it's not okay to send our employees home lonely any more than it's like kids in school. We're feeding them now because we realize you can't learn if you have an empty stomach. That's the same thing at work. Like these are people who have an empty stomach for connection. It is our responsibility, our stewardship of their hours to make sure that we are benefiting them.
0: So I guess the next logical question is is where do we go from here? If if somebody's listening to this and they say, you know what? I resonate with that. She and just you she already explained that to me. Why not? Get the triangle going. You gotta see which one you're why? missing. I understand, but what's a what's the first step to take, right? Because I I, I think that I think I like, think you used to have a meeting and you draw out the triangle and you say this is
1: even easier than that, I would say, I mean, you would expect me to say this, I would say buy the book, The, the Business of Friendship. It, I walk people through it. Okay. I also have a free kit in there for anyone who buys the book that has some videos that you can show your team. It has an okay. assessment that your team can use. I have a whole bunch of like sharing questions that you can you can, you can know use with your team to help kind of increase the connection and the sharing. So there's a lot of resources in there. And I've written it to the employees. So another great thing to do is buy the book and have a discussion about it, okay. like help teach the people. This is the truth, is that none of us have ever taken a class on friendship. Very few of us have read a book on friendship. Most of us have never listened to somebody speak on this or talk about this or teach this. It makes it a very fun subject to teach. And the tragedy is that we are talking to a whole bunch of grown adults who are just doing the best they can based off the horrible modeling they've had. And based off of like what they've seen on movies and maybe just based on their own hurts and they get their heart broken and feel betrayed and they put up defense mechanisms and that's how they're going through life. So just have compassion and realize most of us don't know what we don't know. And so help teach, help be a place that teaches people how to have healthy relationships.
0: So us being the big brash guys that we are, right? I'm not, I'm super sensitive. What are you talking about? (laughs) I know you are. We're going to have this
2: conversation at the shop.
1: I have all kinds of sharing questions for you guys to do Uh, with each other. We're going to hold
2: hands and everything.
1: I want to do a podcast where I'm interviewing you guys. (laughs) Oh, let's do it.
0: Well, so, so, you know, I'll, I'll use, uh, I'm going to use Jeff as an example because we're allowed to do that. You know, our friend Jeff, um, he's recorded a couple episodes. Jeff, I actually put on his name badge when we go to events, Jeff jaded Compton, (laughs) right? Because he's so mad. Right, And he's like, I've not been paid fairly. I've not been taken care of. People don't respect me. And he's just like mad about it. You know, how do we What what's the first step with somebody like that who says, I'm not interested in any of this.
1: It's like somebody saying, I don't I'm not interested in exercising or I'm not like it's. It's it they're scared of it. They're overwhelmed by it. They haven't had it modeled. They don't know the importance it has in their life. I mean, the first thing is just starting to be open. Do I feel as loved and supported as I want in my life? And if the answer is, I would like a little bit more, then Emotional intelligence says it's one thing to be honest about what we're feeling. That's harder than it sounds because most of us are yeah. just in denial mode. Most of us are like, oh no, I've got enough friends, or oh, we have all kinds of defense mechanisms. But if we want to feel more connected and safer and closer to people, and I can guarantee, like by definition, I know a lot of us hear that and go, well, I don't want to be vulnerable. That's scary. But by definition, if you could be in a relationship with somebody who you could be seen in a safe and satisfying way, do you want more of that? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then emotional intelligence says, okay, Let's see that. And now what do we need to do to help make that happen? And do we have to learn new muscles and build up muscles and do new things? It's like going to a gym. It's like physical health. Like you have to say, I want to be healthier. And what can I do to do that?
0: Well, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about this and I think, what about these technicians who say, well, how would I start that? Right. I don't own the shop. And there's a lot of technicians who listen and, and, you know, I think from my perspective, what I would say, and and you know, we've talked about our friend Brian on here a couple of times, and and the thing is, is what I would say is is what I said to Brian. Like dig in and understand what the boss thinks. Mm. You've assumed mm-hmm. what he thinks. Mm-hmm. You've assumed what she thinks. Mm-hmm. You've assumed what the owner thinks the goal here is. But if you don't talk to them, you don't understand. You don't know. And so I think if a technician's listening, The first step is to talk about it. Hey, man, the culture seems like it's in the dumps lately. Like we're all down and out. We're frustrated. Whatever's going on, right? I think you got to talk about it because there's been times in my shop where my guys have come to me and said, hey, we're worried about this. I didn't have a clue. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even notice it was going on. I got to talk to people. I don't know what to tell you. I talk to my people. All no, the time. yeah. I don't do these. I don't do these woo woo interviews where I, I sit.
2: I, we're just we're sitting here talking. We got to do the woo woo. <laughs> I,
0: I understand we got to do the woo woo, but listen, my people, my people, they don't want to talk to me for forty five minutes straight. I'm pretty sure yours don't either. But oh, well, I, I make don't. them. We're gonna have a breakthrough today. <laughs>
1: And I would say if you're the technician that's in that place, yes, if you feel like you can go and talk to the owner in a safe mm-hmm. way. But most of us are not going to do that if we haven't been set as an owner being open to that, right? Yeah. So none of us no. want to be vulnerable if it's going to cost us. Right. That's where this triangle becomes so important. But what we can do is we are responsible. And that's why when I was first writing the book, I was writing it to all the managers, like how to create this. And then I was just like, that puts it all in their hands. And I ended up changing the book to the, like, how can you feel more supported in your job? And right. it starts with you just being like who are a few people that i can encourage more who can i support who can i go up and say is there anything right. i can do to help you yeah uh do you good work good job i i would have never solved it that way oh that looks great to right. be able to affirm to like people will want to be around us if we're a, if we're a positive presence in the shop and so, so the cool. first step is to say i am not a victim here I can control connection. I may not be able to change my owner. I may not be able to change that toxic person right now. I may not be able to be in charge, but I can make sure that I buffer myself from the stress. And here's yeah. one of the really interesting studies, and I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll just say this really quick. One of the most powerful studies is they put people into MRI machines, and which sucks enough, and then yeah. you're being, uh, I always want to say electrocuted, but it was electrically shocked when uh, intermittently, mildly, uh, while you're in this MRI machine. And they're taking pictures of your brain the whole time so that you can see the neuroscientists can see what's happening in the brain when you Mm. feel under mild stress, when you don't quite know when the next shock is going to come. And it's no surprise to any of us that three big red splotches light up in the brain. We're under stress and the cortisol is going through our brain and we're activating and we're just like, ah, I'm being electrocuted in an MRI machine. Right. They do the exact same study, except this time you get to hold the hand Woo woo with somebody uh, outside of the MRI machine. Right. You now feel supported. You don't feel alone. Now they're not in there with you and you're right. still being shocked and you're still in a sucky MRI machine. This time only about a third of the red lights up in the brain. Really? We f- like when we feel supported, we protect ourselves from the impact of stress. And so the more dysfunctional and the more stressful your shop is, the more you need to take care of yourself and say, I need to build some relationships up that help me feel more supported. I want to protect my body. I want to buffer myself from feeling the impact of that stress. If you knew that there was a way to take down two thirds of the stress in your life, would you not want to do that?
0: Well, and, and you know, that, that's my next message to the technicians then. Right, because they're always talking about like, hey, it's so hard on our bodies, we're worn out, we're we're uh, tired when we get yeah, home, we yeah, hurt, we don't yeah. feel good. This seems like a, a step that you could take yeah, to yeah. make a change. She, she said, are you not listening to her? She
2: said, this is on the owners to do this. I,
0: I agree, but I'm saying that- the employees that, don't feel empowered my, my to point, take care though, of this. My point, though, is that when it comes to the technicians saying that, maybe this is Part of the solution. Hey, boss, I need to be, you need to be more woo-woo? No, no I'm not no. saying that.
1: The technicians have a responsibility to build their relationships up, and they can reach out, and they can be kind, yeah. and they can contribute to the culture at a place. Absolutely. So they're not victim to it. But, yeah, they can't go change, we can't go change our owner or the toxic people, but we can create relationships with a couple of people and we can contribute to that positive emotion. We have more, we sometimes have more power than the owner does. We sometimes, if the owner comes in and says, Oh, good work. We kind of dismiss it kind of like a parent praising us. We can do that for each other. We can say, we can affirm each other. We can be known as the person who's helping bring that.
0: In the same way a cancerous employee can drag the shop down, a positive employee can bring the shop up. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know, man, you're putting a lot on on a
2: single employee that is not the leader in the shop or shouldn't be the leader in the shop. And now all of a sudden,
1: but out of their self interest, they will want to do this.
2: They need to leave. (laughs)
1: Well, and that that, that raises a great point. And that comes back to the person you were saying, what about the shop owner who thinks we don't need to be making friends at work? That goes back to that point. This Nobody will want to leave a shop if they feel appreciated and liked and taken care of. Uh, So if if you care about retention, this is the issue to be paying attention to. And for attracting people, to be able to say, hey, this is the kind of culture we have. We want you to be liked. We have a good time here. We take care of each other. We've got each other's backs. Like, that's appealing to me. I would want to come into a shop if I were being told about those health healthy relationships.
0: That's very true. What's the name of your book again?
1: The business of friendship, making the most of the relationships where we spend most of our time.
0: And where can we find it?
1: Amazon and any bookstore will order it for you.
0: That's pretty cool. Where do you think? that? I didn't are, know she had a website. You send it to their website.
1: And my website is ShastaNelson.com.
0: ShastaNelson.com. But, is the,
2: is, but the link, does it just take you to Amazon?
1: Yes. You can go, you can go straight to, <laughs> you can go straight to any bookstore.
2: Um, <laughs> And, and you say, Have you ever looked into that? What? It's a racket. Amazon.
1: <laughs> There's also an independent bookstore website that you can go to to support the independent bookstores. They're, <laughs> they're like the thousand
2: pound gorilla in the industry. Like you cannot, especially you were you were talking sell, about self-publishing. They sell my
1: cheap cheaper. They sell all of our books cheaper than you can get them anywhere else is the unfortunate thing.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I was watching a whole thing and the guy, the guy was a self-published author and he was talking about how there is... If you try to put your, your book on Audible, it's like 70% of the money they take, right? Every time every time you sell a book on Audible, is that what you're finding?
1: I, I don't I'm not a self-published, so I'm through a publisher, but yeah. an author makes about a dollar per book. So yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of other people in there.
2: <laughs> 70% they're taking on Audible if you're if you're right. self-published.
0: This is going to upset you when I say it, but it reminds me of Andy Andrews. And, you know, he was talking about the book he wrote, and he said, you know, like everybody kept turning it down. And he said, by the time I made it to five hundred thousand copies sold, I kind of said, well, you know, I, I guess <laughs> we just won't worry about it now. Seriously, just, that's a know? that's
1: an author's dream. Right. Yeah, and they make way more percentage of their Well, right. well done on that path.
0: Um, and so uh, you've mentioned coaching. Yeah if uh if a organization a shop wanted to hire you to come in and do some coaching i would
1: love something? it yeah i mean it's a good way to do i mean it's a good focus for an offsite for a team building activities to like say let's let's teach on healthy relationships let's let's as an owner name that we value this and we care about it we might not do it perfectly we might not it might have to look right. different but let's say let's go on record saying that we care about your personal health your mental health your physical health like and the health of our culture so absolutely i do off-sites or come in and um i'd be willing to even work with your toxic employee, but yeah, it's like, it's important to pay attention to this.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. I've learned a ton.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I don't think it's every industry. Like, it's hard for sometimes to make the connection. Like, why are we bringing on this friendship person? But I'm I'm grateful to you guys.
0: I mean, look, we realize that our industry is broken, and and that's why the podcast is called Changing the Industry Mm -hmm. Podcast, right? Mm -hmm. We recognize something's got to give. Yeah.
1: And what you guys have going in your favor as shop owners is you still have people coming in and being in person and connecting. I mean, that's even more important because we've got a lot of people who – you, know, you can't do your job remote. And so right. we've got like there's a lot of other problems in other industries and one of the things you guys have going in your favor is the consistency, the interaction. So now let's make sure that interaction is safe and vulnerable and meaningful and satisfying and but Absolutely. you guys you guys have so much potential.
0: Well, thank you so
2: much yeah. for being here. Yeah. You think I can, we can do the shop remote? We need to figure out to <laughs> that would
0: be a good idea. Phone it in,
1: phone it in. That's it. <laughs> thank you for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you.